think that should be the focus of your life. For sure, you need to realize that what is typical is that deep within the heart of every son and daughter is the hope that one day things would really change and that I could have the best relationship possible with my mother, with my father. Regardless of what the past has been, it's like maybe one day things could be different. In a broken world, things break, and that includes relationships. Maybe someone has pulled away from you. Instead of making peace, it just seems easier to avoid the situation or to blame others. Well, today, June Hutt encourages us to consider those we've hurt. We're learning about reconciliation and restoring broken relationships here on Hope for the Heart. So let's hear more from June. Has your heart ever been broken over a shattered relationship? And you never thought that would take place with that relationship. The closeness was cut. The specialness severed. No matter how hard you tried, you could not get the relationship put back together. You couldn't restore harmony. You couldn't have true unity. The pain of someone endeared to your heart being gone, being so changed, even if that person still is around, it's like a tearing, a ripping, a ripping apart of your heart. You pray, God, you can change this. God, you're all powerful. God, I will pray, I will pray, whatever needs to take place. Just do it. And you know he is all powerful, and yet it doesn't happen. You pray for things to be different. For the clock to even just get turned back. If we just get back to where we once were. Of course, in the process, that person's changed. You've changed. And the relationship stays painfully changed. What do you do? What can your mindset be? What should it be? We want to recapture what we once had. And yet, there doesn't seem to be any movement that direction. It can be a parent-child relationship. It can be husband-wife. It can be sibling-sibling. It can be friend-friend. That relationship is not there. The once special relationship, the once endeared relationship, the once feeling safe relationship, it's not safe at all. When we think of reconciliation, unfortunately there is alienation, the opposite. We're going to listen to a call from a woman who feels alienated, kind of just doesn't know what to do. My question tonight is a simple question, but it covers a huge, huge situation. I have two daughters, age 43 and 38. I have just about zero relationship with them and my grandchildren as well. With either of them? No, I don't have any relationship at all. Mm -hmm. One daughter that lives locally, the only time she calls me is to more or less let me know there's a holiday coming up, there's a birthday coming up. She doesn't say it, but like, what are you going to do about it? And my other daughter, nothing. Okay, she says she has a huge situation. 
what's her obvious question? What is she calling about? Understand why. Yeah, once understand why. It's like, not only do I have daughters, but then there are grandchildren, but there's nothing. Zero. Is that normal? No. There's a reason why, but apparently she hasn't connected dots. She doesn't know what to do about it or she wouldn't be calling. So we'll continue. Why? Well, <laughs> it's quite a long story. I'm in my middle 60s. Mm-hmm. I've had a very, very turbulent life, and that's putting it mildly. Mm-hmm. My girls were both raised without a father. My first husband and I were divorced after five years. I learned I was expecting my second daughter the day after my husband walked out. Mm-hmm. So neither of them has really known a father. Are they blaming you for that? They never have, but I had a very, very unfortunate second marriage. My oldest daughter was about 13, and my youngest was eight when I married him. It was so awful. I vowed I'd never do that again. I've been alone now for about 30 years. Mm -hmm. I've had no desire to have any relationship with somebody of the opposite sex. What was the relationship like between your second husband and the two girls? There was no relationship at all. Was there any abuse? As far as I know, it was only verbal. I never saw him do anything physical to them. Nine months into the marriage, I took my children to stay with my sister and brother-in-law, and they never came back home. What is the reason they have told you that they did not come back to you? Do the yeah. children think that you abandoned them? They never voiced that. They never voiced it But is that in their hearts? It's very possible. Did you catch, basically, I took them away, but what happened? They never what? Came back. Isn't that unusual wording? How about, I took them over here to be cared for, and then I brought them back. I'm not hearing her say that. And notice she says, well, they've never said that. It's like, is she talking to them? I mean, has she asked? You know, part of a relationship that's special that you want to have reconciled is the relationship in terms of sharing heart to heart, getting a closeness that is special. You can have surface relationships working. You can have work relationships. That doesn't mean the relationships are in your heart where they really make a difference. Are there any red flags that you're picking up here? She said they were verbally abused. Yeah, verbally abused. Not physically, but they mm -hmm. were verbally abused is what mm -hmm. she said. And, but that was kind of thrown off. Well, just verbal abuse. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Isn't that possibly the biggest lie? I mean, that's absurd. You remember words that have been said to you for years and years and years when they're calloused, when they're painful. Words are huge. Let's go on. Have you actually sat down and had a real heart-to-heart -heart with each one individually in this vein? No. My oldest daughter, if I broached anything in that regard, she would become a clam. She wouldn't say a word. She would just freeze. She would not deal with it. My other daughter, on the other hand, would probably talk my arm off and leg off 
but she wouldn't say anything. She would just jabber. Mm-hmm. So trying to talk to them, our relationship is so not that it's almost unthinkable to sit down and talk to them about it. Okay, and your question for me is? Well, should I keep on blaming myself, keep on kicking myself around the block for the fact that my children did not turn out very well? Did it start out feeling that she's kicking herself? I wasn't hearing that. I don't hear blame. It's more, they just haven't turned out well. I mean, I can't know her heart like God does, but somehow I listen very, very carefully to what people say. And, and I'm going to preface this by saying every child wants the best relationship they can have with a mom and a dad, if they could have it. Even when things aren't that good at all, they still desire within their hearts, if they could have a good relationship, if they could have a great relationship, that'd be fantastic. Even if that meant that the parent had to change. But everyone would like to have a daddy and a mom that really was in tune. Do you have any clues as to why she finds herself in this predicament? How would you describe this? I don't think she's really in tune with herself. The way she posed that question to me appeared almost like, how can I get out of this and not have any guilt? It was almost like about her. She's like, how can I not feel guilty? And I didn't really hear her asking or even any real attempts to communicate with the daughters. Yeah. Did you hear her say anything that she felt guilty about? She just wanted off. This sounded like to me how to get out. Okay. She wants the things to change, but she hasn't done what's needful for there to be change. And the truth is, it's understandable that she wants change because no one likes to feel just totally detached in their relationships. But I like your word attuned, not attuned to herself. And we can learn things. We can better become equipped to go, oh, this is what I need to do. But you talk about alienation. You know, we said there's reconciliation, but then there's alienation. She's just totally alienated. You're listening to June Hunt on Hope for the Heart, and we'll hear more in just a minute. Now, this phone conversation is from June's nighttime radio program, Hope in the Night. If you'd like to talk with June on the air, Give us a call at 800-917. That's 800-644-4817. Now let's go back to our broadcast. I don't think that should be the focus of your life. For sure, you need to realize that what is typical is that deep within the heart of every son and daughter is the hope that one day things would really change and that I could have the best relationship possible with my mother, with my father. Regardless of what the past has been, it's like maybe one day things could be different. My thought would be for us to strategize how at least you could make an attempt so that there would be an evidence that you have truly tried Would you be interested in that? Well, I certainly have to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. One more thing I will bring into this equation. I've had 
three very serious suicide attempts. Mm -hmm. A couple of them almost worked. Well, that's just a sign of hopelessness. And yet God is a God of hope, as well as a God of reconciliation. So let's do what we can do, because God does offer hope for us. Now, there has to be a reason why there is not a relationship with either of the girls. One daughter does call you. She tries to make contact, but somehow you all are not connecting. There's nothing of substance that is said. Yeah, she's a chatterbox. She's very wired. But what is not happening is that there's not any real intimacy between either you and the older daughter or the younger daughter. I don't even know my girls. Mm -hmm. I don't know them. Yeah. I don't have a clue. How much do you want to know them? I'm just beginning to wonder if I really do, but at the same time, I feel so guilty about it all. I feel like everything that's gone wrong in their lives, I can park right there at my front door. And, of course, they're adults, and they can make their own choices. Does that help? No, no, it's still like clueless. You know, they're adults. They can make their own choices. They can choose to respond to me. Obviously, there has to be a huge mindset change. I don't know that she understands a heart of reconciliation. For her to say, I don't know them, but I asked, do you want to know them? But it's almost like, well, don't know. So there's not even a commitment that's strong to get to know them. Yes. To me, she seems selfish. She's mm-hmm. self-focused, kind of like narcissistic. She's thinking about why she's alone, mm-hmm. not what I can do. I think your word self-focused is absolutely right on. And therefore, what can she do? You know, she's got to learn to have a heart of reconciliation because she's not even sure she wants that. But then if she is determined, okay, I will do everything I can on my part. Whatever I can do, I will do it. While that is true, there may be a few things that you could do so that you know that you have done everything possible. In the book of Romans, there's a very interesting passage, and it really highlights God's heart on having the best relationships that we can with one another. Notice the wording, Romans 12:18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. As far as it depends on you, meaning you need to do what you can do uh-huh. to live at peace with everyone. So the issue here is let's determine some specific things that you can do. Once you've done these things, even if you were rebuffed or rejected, which does happen, but your consistency of seeking to reach out, which I still think can be an important part of your role as mother, there are certain things that you can do without them responding, either of them responding. But I'd like for you to consider several things that I have found have made a big difference in certain relationships. Do you think it's good for her to just think, oh, my daughter's just a chatterbox and the other one just clams up? She needs to see them as daughters with heart. That's labeling. But do you see 
sometimes has how we frame things in our own minds that can help tremendously. What are a few things that she could be doing now or begin to do in her life? I think she's minimizing like everything that she does wrong or everything mm -hmm. like when she says something oh I'll just call them up and they'll clam up mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like she's actually wanting to communicate with them it's just like at the end it seems like she's always the victim she needs to take responsibility for what she did as a parent she hasn't once in the whole conversation taken any blame for anything at yeah. all okay so you've got her on the phone and you're the one talking to her not me you're talking to her <laughs> Is there anything that you could say or do to challenge her with that? You know, probably ask her more in depth about, you know, what happened and what she felt she could have have done better to make out the situation turn out the way she wants it now. So what you're saying is to go back and think, what could I have done differently? To begin to think, if I could do that over, and that's valuable. I mean, there are things that I would do differently in certain relationships to evaluate what could I have done differently and possibly some of those things could be put into place. I think she just needs to accept responsibility for her own actions. She seems to think she's been a victim throughout her life for whatever reason and she doesn't realize. I think if she addressed those issues, why she feels like such a victim, it might help her realize how she's not the victim in this situation, her daughters are more the victims. Mm -hmm. If they can't open up to her, it's because that's what they've learned from her. Say that one more time. If they can't open up to her, that's what they've learned from her. Good. Okay. You're saying get in touch with what could have been done that she didn't do, and then bring up the point about a victim mentality and then accepting what it is that would make a difference in terms of back then, but even now. One last comment. She's so wounded that she can't function. And it's probably the result of multi-generational invisibility. Ask her whether anyone has ever asked her about her heart. She hasn't had the experience. She's never seen it. She has no example. She doesn't know how it works. Very good. If you don't feel that anybody really cares, and that's not been your pattern, then many times it's very hard to pass on what you have never received. You don't have it. This is where relationships come into place. This is where I needed help in order to have incredibly meaningful relationships. I learned it from those that God brought into my life. True friends who would get me to talk, who would ask me and continue to pour into me because I didn't deserve it. And I certainly did not know how to talk about anything growing up. We'll go on. By the way, this is after you have gone to the Lord and said, Lord, I want the best relationship I possibly could have with my children and my grandchildren. I ask you, reveal to me anything I need to say to either of them. I want to be accountable. I want to make sure that I have clear accounts. It's kind of like if you have a bank account and there is a debt that just grows and grows. To basically deal with that account to get current, a way you would do that on a relational level. I remember I had a very difficult, difficult relationship with a family member, even though I thought that person was 
primarily wrong, I realized, wait a minute, I'm still responsible for my area of wrong. I was insensitive, and I took for granted things that I shouldn't have. This is with my father. I remember going and saying, I would like to talk with you. I have come to realize I've had an ungrateful spirit I have not thanked you for, and I mentioned three specific things that God brought to my mind that I needed to mention. And I said, would you be willing to forgive me? By the way, at that time, I had zero relationship. I could point to you a number of things that I thought he had done wrong, but that wasn't why I was there. I was there to take accountability for my area of wrong. When I did so, then... I did notice it did seem to change the dynamic. Now, what I would suggest is for you to say those words, whatever God brings to your mind, and then ask, what other areas did I have blind spots in? Where else did I hurt you? By the way, I just want you to hear this from an alienation standpoint. This woman is so alienated, yet there is hope for her heart. God can do amazing things, even in the most difficult relationships. This is Hope for the Heart with June Hunt, and she'll be right back with a special message. You know, even when there are valid reasons to feel hurt, and even when the other person is undeserving, the spirit of reconciliation reflects the heart of God. Discover more about reconciliation with our free download. Or you can take a more comprehensive look at different relationship issues with our Keys for Living. These resources and more are all found at HopeForTheHeart.org. Now, let's go back to June. Hi, this is June again. Thank you for being with me for Hope for the Heart over the past 34 years. Soon, we'll be launching a brand new podcast. The number of people who listen to podcasts is rapidly growing, so what a great time to share hope with even more people, helping them find God's truth for today's problems. Now you'll be able to hear us anytime, anywhere. To do this, we are transitioning away from this daytime program. So Friday, October 2nd, is our final broadcast. As we look forward to the podcast, you can get daily messages of hope on my Facebook page and our nighttime program. And I invite you to visit my new website, junehunt.org. That's junehunt.org. Remember, there are no hopeless situations, only those who have grown hopeless. Well, we know this is a big announcement, but June and this ministry of Hope for the Heart will still be around. Thank you so much to our listeners for joining us on this radio program over these 34 years. Your prayers and support have meant so much to us. Now, you can still listen to June on her late-night radio program, Hope in the Night. And beginning in October, you can join her anytime, anywhere, on her new website, junehunt.org. And, of course, join her on Facebook for daily messages of hope and updates about the ministry. As we continue to share God's hope in this world of technology, we're also expanding our video presence. Here's more. Taking them off my hook and placing them onto God's hook. I did just this, and my dried, hardened heart was softened. I cried to my Father for mercy and forgiveness. It was a cultivating experience, a renewing of my mind, and joy. I had not experienced joy for years. 
Our mission this year at Hope for the Heart is to help millions on the Internet like Brenda understand how to believe, trust, and apply God's truth to their life. To do this, we have an urgent need to convert more than 100 print teaching materials into videos. Every day, more than 13 billion videos are viewed. People are right now surfing the Internet looking for answers. Start your monthly gift of $30 or more today to support this I Hope video project and receive a copy of June's Counseling Through Your Bible handbook. Make this eternal investment at hopefortheheart.org. Well, we know how big of a mission field the Internet can be, and supporting this project is another way to share God's hope. That website again is hopefortheheart.org. For June Hunt, I'm Joe Wolf. Remember that there is hope no matter the circumstance. Meet us back here tomorrow for more Hope for the Heart.